0: Well, this morning I have a short reflection for us based on the opening verses or some of the open chapter of John's Gospel, perhaps not the one of the, the Gospels we turn to first and foremost to hear about the, the birth of Christ, because he tells it in a slightly different way, perhaps a more poetic way, but there's something in there I think God would have us hear this morning. So let me read a short passage, and we'll, I think those words will be projected, and then, uh, then I'll pray. So this is from John chapter 1, verses 9 through 13. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, He gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Let me pray. Father, this morning as we reflect upon your word and what it means to receive our Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray this this morning that you would help us to hear afresh these words, though they may be familiar to us, or perhaps we're hearing them afresh for the first time, that I pray you would speak by your Spirit and through the words I would now share. Amen. Well, if you're like me, I think um, you'll find lots of things to love about Christmas. I love the, the Christmas songs and the carols, like the ones we've just sung. I love spending time with family and friends. I love the good food that we get to enjoy eating together. And I still love the snow even though my body begins to ache much sooner than it used to. Can anybody think of anything else to love about Christmas? What, what other good reasons are there to love Christmas time? Anybody? Yes. Presents, gifts. It is not the only thing, but that's the right answer, and I didn't prompt him to say that. <laughs> I love receiving gifts. I'm sure you do too. But I also love giving and... and um, giving gifts to those I love and my friends, and I love seeing those gifts being received and those gifts being enjoyed. Well, I want you to imagine a scene for me. It's Christmas morning, so hopefully not too much imagination there. And you go downstairs, and around the tree you find gifts, and there is one big gift, and it has your name on the name tag and this big gift is kind of unusual looking, okay, it's very, very intricately wrapped every surface is wrapped up with wrapping paper but it is an unusual shape it has, a, it has a frame kind of connecting the whole thing together which is all wrapped up and then on either end of the frame there are these two big circular discs, kind of so big Okay, and then on one end of this object all wrapped up there's something that looks like a saddle and then on the other end there's something that's wrapped up but looks like handlebars can you can you guess what that gift may be? anybody guess? what? a bike, right? so if you see that gift all intricately wrapped you know it's a bike did anybody get a bike for Christmas this year? you got a bike for Christmas? great, can I borrow it, can I try it later? no? are you a bit too big? Well, if you saw that gift under the tree and it was all wrapped up, you'd know it was a bike, wouldn't you? The way I described it. Bikes are pretty obvious, the way they they look when they're all wrapped up like that. But I want you to imagine that the very next thing you do with it is you take it just as it is, don't unwrap it, and then you put it in the garage. Or you put it in the bike shed, wherever you keep your bikes and bicycles. I mean, why do you need to unwrap it? You already know what it is, right? Right? You know it's a bicycle, so you're just going to store it with the bikes. And then you will leave it there. And then if somebody asks you, what did you get for Christmas? You can say, I got a bike. And then maybe later on if somebody says, do you own a bike? I say, oh yeah, I own a bike, it's in the, sh- in the shed with all the other bikes. That's a strange illustration, isn't it? What's wrong with that picture? What's wrong with, with treating a gift that way? we're not receiving it the way it was intended, are we? That would be the wrong sense of receiving a gift. So if you received a gift like that, you certainly haven't received it the way the giver intended it to be received, have you? They didn't intend you just to leave it wrapped up like that. Now, I'm sure there's no one here this morning who would leave a gift that they received like that. Even if you knew what it was, or thought you knew what it was, and set it aside... And you wouldn't receive the gift the way it it was not intended. Well, you may not do that with the gifts you receive under the tree at Christmas, but sometimes we can do that with the most special gift of all at Christmas. Sometimes we can do that with how we treat Jesus, the Son of God, whose birth we celebrate and remember at Christmas. Sometimes... At Christmas, we can think we know enough about the life of Jesus that we don't properly receive him. Maybe it's because we're very familiar with the story of Jesus. Maybe you you know all of the stories of the nativity, of of Jesus' birth. Maybe it's because there's so many other things going on around us that distract us from really rethinking and receiving Jesus the way he intended. We may even think that we've received Jesus but really what we've done is we've just put him aside and left him all wrapped up. And just like that bicycle, we might say to people, oh yes, I know Jesus, but in reality we've left him wrapped up in the Bible. And we haven't received him the way he intended for us to receive him. Now the passage that we heard this morning, and if we could leave that up, that would be helpful, talks about two groups of people Two groups of people in, who differ in how they respond to the arrival of the Son of God. Those people who did not receive Jesus and those people who did receive Him. The first group of people, they were His own people in verse 11 and they did not receive Him. Just like the person in that illustration about the bicycle. Jesus came and He walked among them. He did great things he taught them he did great things in front of them they saw the gift was right in front of them but they chose not to receive him they didn't unwrap the gift that jesus was to them maybe some mistook being familiar with jesus with truly knowing and receiving him maybe for others he wasn't the package that they were looking for and so they didn't receive him because of that Whatever the reason, we don't want to be in the category of that first group of people, do we? We don't want to be in those groups of people who don't receive Jesus the way he intended. And so this verse, this passage, acts as a helpful alert, a helpful awareness for us to be aware that it is possible not to receive Jesus the way he intended. It's possible to go to church and to sing songs and to hear sermons and not properly receive Jesus. It's possible to pray and to read our Bibles in a way that doesn't properly receive Jesus. It's possible to champion keeping Christ in Christmas, and not properly receive Jesus. We don't want those things to be true of us, do we? So being alert to the danger of not properly receiving Jesus is a good thing to be aware of. It's something that we can just check and be alert to in ourselves so now that we're alert of that let's look at the second group of people the people who did receive him the way he was intended the group that we all want to be a part of I'm sure the second group is in verse 12 and they're the opposite of the first they received Jesus the way he was intended but what does that mean what does it mean to receive Jesus the way he intended well verse 12 goes on it says those who received Jesus believed in his name now Jesus was a, a popular well known figure in Galilee and Judea where he lived people came to know him as the miracle worker and they would have known his name and many people in the world today know Jesus is the central figure of Christianity that's not the kind of knowing Jesus or believing in his name that it's talking about it's not like you, can, you can't answer the question hey who's that guy over there healing all the, everyone oh, I believe his name is Jesus. That's not the kind of believing in his name that this verse is talking about. In fact, the idea of believing in Jesus' name, it forms bookends to John's Gospel. Now, bookends normally come in pairs, right, to hold up all the books. This comes at the very beginning of John's Gospel, about believing in his name. At the other end of John's Gospel, in chapter 20, he says something very similar. He He says, of everything written in his book, he says, these are written... So that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. So do you hear that that similar bookend, believing in his name? That's John's, um, what he's trying to get across in the whole of his book, that we would believe and have life in his name. So that second group of people, the ones who received Jesus, they believed in his name, and they received new life. Or in the words of verse 13 of our passage, they were born, born again of God. It should come as no surprise to anyone here this morning that you have already been born at least once. Okay, Hopefully it doesn't surprise you. But that's the problem. The fact that we've all been born once, all created by God, created into God's world, to follow God's good rules and yet we've all chosen to pretend like it's our world and our rules are best. We've all sinned against God and that means this first life that we're born into is a life of death. We'll all die at some point, young or old, and stand before God for him to pass his righteous judgment upon us. A judgment that if left to ourselves would deserve our eternal damnation. But this second group of people that we're looking at they have received Jesus and they have found new birth into new life in His name. A life that is not full of fear of God as their righteous judge but a life of love of God as their heavenly Father. That's what the name of Jesus means. To, be believe, to believe in his name, Jesus' name, means God saves. So to properly receive Jesus and to believe in his name means to trust in him as the one who saves you from the judgment you deserve into the life that God would give us. That we receive him in the, as new life, as a child of God, to live according to our Father's ways. Jesus, the Son of God, saved us. By being born a human baby, growing up as an adult and living a perfect life, the life that God intended you and I to live, and then exchanging with us on the cross His life for our own, His death for our own. And if you believe in this to be true for you, His new life is for you as well. The most special gift that we receive this Christmas is Jesus Christ. And if you take time to hear, to reflect, to unwrap the gift of Jesus, to believe in his name, and if you receive the Son of God as he intended, you have the title, Child of God. And you have the right to call God your Heavenly Father. And you know him by his Holy Spirit. A pastor a little over 100 years ago, a man called J.C. Ryle, said... Happy is the person who trusts not merely in vague notions of God's mercy and goodness, but in Jesus. I'll say it again. Happy is the person who trusts not merely in vague notions of God's mercy and goodness, but in Jesus. So this Christmas, let's be alert to the fact that it is possible to know Jesus, but not receive him, as he intended. So let's take time to receive him properly and to delight in him as our saviour. Perhaps that means taking some time even just today or in the next few days to take an unhurried read through maybe a book of the Bible, asking God to speak to you and, and pray through what you read and what you hear from him. Maybe it means again in the next few days, maybe in a family gathering or gathering with friends, sharing your testimony of what God has done in your life, maybe as when you came to be a Christian or just recently and what God has been doing and talk about your delight in Jesus. Maybe it even means putting your trust in Him for the very first time and receiving the new life that He has on offer to you. Whatever it means, Let us still our hearts today to unwrap the gift of the Son of God, born of God to the Virgin Mary, that we too may be born of God and be numbered among His children. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You that in Your Son, Jesus Christ, we have hope. Hope for new birth, into new life to be called your children, that we may call you Heavenly Father. Lord, I pray that you would help all of us this morning to receive him rightly, as he intended this morning, as our Savior, as our Lord, as the one who goes before us as the firstborn in Christ, in God, that we might know great fellowship with you and delight in him. Lord, I pray, do this in Jesus' name. Amen.